Hello and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Well, good morning. I didn't feel old until I was sitting here in worship and I realized that I can remember when Dane was a middle school kid and now he's a grown adult married and and I can also remember when Lee Northrop and I had hair so um, so I'm definitely uh, feeling feeling my age today Um, but thank you for the for the birthday wishes the title of my message today is naked and afraid Uh, when Lowell found out that that was the title and it was my birthday he triple dog dared me to preach in my birthday suit um, and I told him that I would do it if he would do it, and then our wives got involved in the conversation and came up with about 150 reasons of why that was a really, really bad idea. Um, so um, anyway, so I, um, I just want to go ahead and preference the fact that I'm going to say the word naked in church quite often this morning, so if that makes you uncomfortable, um, if you've known me for any time, it was just a matter of time before I said something that made you uncomfortable, so, um, so we're just going to go with it. Like always, um, the message today is really is really based on a, a journey that the Lord has been has been taking uh, me on for the last few months, and some things that He's been sharing and revealing with me. And so, I, I did title this this message today "Naked and Afraid," and it'll it'll make sense in a little bit. But I wanted to start off by kind of talking about the TV show "Naked and Afraid." That was where the the idea came from. Oftentimes. Um, because um, I'm an avid outdoorsman and you know I do a lot of things, you know a lot of outdoor adventure stuff. People will ask me, "Have you ever thought about you know auditioning for um, Naked and Afraid or auditioning for Survivor or some kind of some kind of thing like that?" And and my response is always that while I love the outdoors, I have no desire, first of all, to be to to live that rough. I mean, I do like outdoors, but I've got a lot of good equipment and we plan and prep a lot to make those experiences enjoyable and as comfortable as possible. And so it's not, we're not living in the woods, you know, half naked, you know, eating bugs and stuff like that. That actually does not sound appealing to me at all. Um, Nor does being naked on national television sound appealing to me. So, um, but the show has always kind of been interesting to me because the concept of the show, if you're not familiar, it's a, it's a cable show. I think it's on Discovery Channel. Don't hold me to that. But, um, but the premise of the show is that they take one man and one woman who don't really know each other, and they're, but they're avid outdoorsmen, usually have some kind of um, survival experience, and they put the two of them together, and they're naked, and they're each allowed to bring one survival item and the goal is for them to survive for like 28 days, I think it is, and, and they have to get to a rendezvous point where, where they're rescued, and they have to survive in, in these conditions with bugs and build their own shelter and make fire and do all these things, all while being, um, by being unclothed. And so they have to make kind of some garments to hide themselves and stuff like that. And so the concept is that you're going to strip these individuals down, both literally and figuratively, to just kind of the, the absolute bare minimum and just see how they function in that environment. And, and some are very successful at it and some are not so successful at it. Um, I watch the show occasionally and I'm, you know, on the outcome they're just completely eaten up with mosquito bites and everything. Everything about it just sounds miserable to me. 
And I was thinking about just kind of the concept of that and the vulnerability of what it would have to be like. I mean, add, you know, to start off with, it'd be very difficult to survive and function in that environment, but then add to it the added pressure of being naked in front of this camera, camera crews at all times, knowing that, you know, that even though it's going to be edited, that you're going to be on national television um, and exposed like that. And I was thinking about just kind of my own kids, and over the summer I've kind of watched this transition. So I've got three kids, but uh, Nathan is 11 and Gabby is five, and, and I've noticed something um, unique about the two of them. Gabby is completely, most of the time, unaware of how little or how much clothing she has on. Like, she's just not bothered by that. The other day I told her we need to walk up the street to a neighbor's house because I need to ask a question. I said, would you like to go with me? She said, yes. I said, well, you know, you need to get ready and let's go because she's literally standing there in our living room with nothing but a pair of underwear on coloring and so she goes okay and so she goes to the other room and she comes back she goes I'm ready and I look and the only thing she's done is put on flip-flops like that's the only thing that changed and and there's been plenty of times where Katie and I are sitting on the porch and Gabby's supposed to be upstairs getting ready for bed and she'll come running out on the porch to ask us something completely naked right like she just is oblivious to the fact that she's naked my 11-year-old, on the other hand, has reached that age where he's become very aware of his nakedness, and he's become very shy about that. And so even when he goes to take a shower, he locks himself in the bathroom so his sisters can't walk in on him. And I've been thinking about that transition that's happened over this past summer and how very different the two of them are. And, and Nathan is becoming very aware and he's losing his innocence. He's becoming very aware of his um, physical nakedness, his emotional nakedness. And I was thinking about the parallel between that state and our state of spiritual nakedness. And so I wanted to kind of today challenge us um, with this idea of, of you know, being naked and unafraid before God. Because if you and I think back to Genesis, there was a time in creation when you and I were created in the image of God and, and, and man was placed into the garden that Adam and Eve stood completely naked and vulnerable before God and they were unafraid and they were unaware of their nakedness and unashamed of their nakedness. And we see this in Genesis. In fact, we see that, that God frequently walked with them in the cool of the day. He engaged them. He had communication. There's no, there's no evidence that Adam was clothed when God brought him all the animals and presented them to him. There's no evidence that, that uh, Adam was clothed when he fell asleep and God removed the rib and created Eve and, and presented Eve to Adam. There's no evidence that the two of them were clothed in that moment. The only evidence that we have of them being clothed is after the fall. And, and Adam and Eve eat from the fruit. God goes looking for them, can't find them, calls to them. And, and Adam calls out and he goes, where were you? And he said, I was hiding from you because I was naked. And God said, who told you you were naked? And if you remember, they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they did that, they then became aware of their nakedness. And for you and I, we live in a world in which sin exists, and because of that sin, that sin reminds us of our nakedness. It reminds us that we are, in our flesh, are not our true selves. And God curses them and explains to them there's going to be some pretty significant consequences throughout their journey because of of this brokenness, this nakedness, and, and now this, this shame that they have. 
The flip side of that is that you and I also, because of our relationship and the grace that's offered and extended through Christ, are being restored and have been restored and should be able to stand completely naked and unashamed before God. But that, for most of us, doesn't happen. And in fact, for many of us, the, the further we walk in our spiritual journey, the more we become aware of our brokenness and the more we tend to hide. You know, I think about, for those of us who grew up in the church, we, we started off with this childlike faith, and we believe that, you know, Gabby believes that God can do and will do all things and anything, and, and she's completely vulnerable and transparent in that. Meanwhile, as, as a leader and someone who um, feels like that they live in a fishbowl at times, I'm very much aware of my brokenness, and so I'm much more guarded with my stuff and I keep it hidden and I, I build these walls and I clothe myself with all these things that prevent me from really um, becoming the true person that God created me to be. You know, I think about the new believer and they, they you know, they become excited about their faith and they start showing it to Bible studies and, and we're, we're diving into Scripture and they start sharing. And at some point, you know, I remember when I first became a, a believer, I was part of a small group and, and there was just this complete freedom to be transparent and to talk and to share. And, and I found myself in a group, uh, a different group, and, you know, I was so used and so excited. I'm just like, you know, God just loves us and His grace and mercy covers a multitude of sin. And, you know, and so I was so free to share. And I remember being in a Bible study one time and somebody kind of afterwards pulling me aside and, and basically going, hey, brother, you, 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 need to, you don't need to tell everything you know, right? You don't need to share everything you know, right? Like there's some things that you, know, you, you might want to keep your, to yourself, and we begin to learn that this institution of the church that, that we're a part of have these kind of rules and these guidelines, and there's some things that, that we want to talk about and some things we don't want to talk about, and there's things that, that we're f completely comfortable about talking about, and then there's other sins that we're not comfortable talking about. think about how we've for many of us if we're not cautious we become institutionalized in the church and and we lose that childlike faith and we lose that that vulnerability and that transparency and I so desperately want to get back to those places and and I'm very thankful for um, uh, a small group of men that I and and couples that Katie and I are friends with and and that we have that vulnerability and that transparency with one another to be able to say, hey, I, you know, I, I can't, maybe I can't share my junk from the stage, but I, I got to share this with somebody, right? Like, I got to share these struggles, and, and I have those moments. If I'm honest with myself, I have those moments where I wake up, and I don't like being married that day, or I don't like my wife that day, or I don't like my kids that day, and my wife wakes up and doesn't like her husband that day, and doesn't like our marriage that day and and we've got to have those places where we can begin to to share that and go hey I need to you know I need to process through this um, and it was funny they neither one of them know I'm even going to share it but um, my wife and I on our vacation got into a, a pretty significant argument and uh, and we both were kind of mad at one another and, and not not really talking and, and I knew that, that God was going to bring about you know some some healing but in that moment I'm you know I'm still feeling the visceral response that I'm angry and I don't want to talk to my wife and I in fact I just want to get in the car and drive home and just leave her at the beach and all this other stuff and and um, 
you know, and, and I, you know, I immediately we go into that, that mind where we start processing through everything about going, you know, the grass would just be green on the other side if I were, you know, whatever that looks like. You know, we all have that. And, um, and so I ended up texting um, a really good friend of mine um, from church here, and I'm just kind of sharing with him, you know, just kind of this dark space that I'm in and going, hey, I just got to vent and share this with somebody because this is just the raw emotion of where I'm at. Little did I know that um, Katie was having the same conversation with his wife <laughs> and uh, about her, about where she was at in that whole process too. And so we were, yesterday we were at a marriage conference and we were kind of talking about that, and I had never given her the name of who I was talking to, and she had never given me the name of who she was talking to but when I told her she's like oh that's funny I was texting his wife and talking to his wife about the same thing and so I'm, I'm thankful for that but I really want to talk about today um, this I really want to build upon that because I think that it's critical in this moment of our church and I'm, I'm excited about the study we're getting ready to do um, called the real you that's going to be starting it's going to be our our, our main adult discipleship study and I, I want to I want to use this kind of as a, as a launching platform to, to challenge um, those of us who participate in that study, particularly those of us who have built relationships at these tables and, and these small groups that we're in, to take those small groups to another level. And maybe that doesn't happen on Wednesday night, but maybe that happens outside of Wednesday night with those people that you sit with at the table. But I want to, to challenge you and I that, that God wants to take you and I deeper. He wants to take us and make us more vulnerable. He wants us to be naked and unashamed before him. Um, but in order to do that, you know, we've got to find some safe places, um, if you will, to, um, to take our clothes off. And that's really uncomfortable for us to talk about, but, but I want to challenge you with a story that, um, that Bobby and I um, had really been wrestling with for the last few years, and, and we developed this curriculum through our ministry called Outside the Village based on this curriculum. And for the last couple of years, God's just kind of really been bringing that to the surface of, hey, I've got a plan and a purpose for this, and I want, and I, we really do think that, that we're kind of on the cusp of something um, pretty incredible. If you've got your Bibles, you can look in Mark 8 with me. Um, I'm going to kind of paraphrase the first section, and I'm going to read a little, a little passage. But the, the main thing I'm going to be talking about is in, in Mark 8, um, verse 22. But before we get there, I want to give you a little backstory. In the very beginning of this chapter, um, we, we have this story where, once again, I want to make sure that I emphasize, once again, a crowd is gathered, and Jesus is about to feed the multitudes with some limited resources. And this is, not, this, this, this is not just one account of Jesus doing this. There's multiple accounts in the Scripture where Jesus fed the multitudes um, using just a small amount of bread and fish. And, and we believe that it was multiple events that this happened on, right? And so in, in, in the beginning of the chapter, it starts out by saying, during those days, another large crowd gathered. And so you've got this large crowd, and they've come way out into the wilderness to see Jesus and Jesus realizes that they're there and they're hungry and he has compassion for them and he says they have nothing to eat and he asks the disciples, um, what do we have? And the disciples ask a very, um, they, they make a very um, simple, well, ask a very simple question, but I think it's very profound. He said, the disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? Man, when I read that, I, I was so taken back by that because I'd never seen that, that verse before. And I thought about how oftentimes our sin takes us so far out, so farther than we ever wanted to go. That only, the only way that we're going to have the resources to get back to where we need to be 
is a complete and utter dependence on Jesus. And in this moment, the disciples realize that, that these people have come in search of Jesus. They're, they're desperately in need of something. And Jesus goes, what they need is to be fed. I'm sure he meant, because every time he speaks, he means things in multiple levels. And he's going, hey, they need to be fed. And the disciples are going, well, we don't have the resources to do that. And we're so far removed from the resources that there's no way we're going to be able to, it's not like we can just walk into town and get them. And Jesus is yet again trying to remind them that, that for you and I, two things are usually true. Either one, our sin has taken us so far out of the wilderness that the only hope that we have getting back is found in Jesus. Or sometimes Jesus needs to take us and remove us so far from those things that yet again, the only thing that we have to depend on is him. And so Jesus does this miracle. He feeds the, the multitudes and the, and the Pharisees in their true form, um, begin to question him and how he did it and his motivation. And he gets back. He, he really just disengaged from the conversation. He gets back in the boat. The, the disciples realize when they get back in the boat, they don't have bread. And, and so they begin to talk about not having bread. And Jesus makes a statement, be careful and watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod and yeast in this context is meant for the arrogance the the self-reliance the self-righteousness that religious people have oftentimes we become so self-righteous we become so self-trusting and self-assured of our faith that we miss that regardless of where we're on our journey we are utterly dependent on Jesus Christ but the story that I really want to challenge you with and the beautiful thing happens in verse 22 when they, they come to this village and the people bring this blind man and beg Jesus to touch him. And it says that he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked him, do you see anything? I want to pause right there and and let you know that first of all um, spitting in people's eyes is not I mean I, that's a little out of the box way of doing things right like that's um, and just so you know if you come forward for prayer um, unless the Holy Spirit leads them our prayer team's not going to spit in your eyes that's not that's not generally the, the way that, that we go about um, praying for, for healing and wholeness um, but I thought about the context that this happened and, and how strange this had to have looked to the people that were watching this. First and foremost, the fact that Jesus, these people bring the, the, the blind man to Jesus and Jesus takes him by the hand and leads him outside the village. And Bobby and I have been wrestling with that for a number of years because we recognize that oftentimes inside the village, if you will, while it should be an incredible place to be healed, oftentimes... We can't be healed because of our guilt and the shame and the way that we hide, right? Like, we pray for one another's healing, you know, or we share something with somebody and they're like, brother, I'll pray for you, right? Or we're reluctant to share. And so I want to challenge you and I that, that, that perhaps healing is found when, when you and I are removed from the hurdles and the obstacles and I wrote in my notes when, we, when we're removed from the religion and the expectations and the dogma that prevent us from receiving the wholeness that we need because it, re, it allows us when we're removed from the village to be vulnerable and naked before God I 
And my hope is that you and I in this next season as we really begin to explore who God intended us to be and who we were made to be, that you and I will find those places. We will find those brothers and sisters who will lead us outside the village because I really do believe that Jesus wants to heal us in a very unorthodox way. That you and I, if we're honest with ourselves, we have this expectation of how God should move and how God should do things. And the reality is, is that Jesus in this moment demonstrates that the way that I move, the way that I go about is not going to fit the box that you keep trying to put me in. And that true healing comes when, when I remove you from the, the religious structure that you have, when I remove you from the, the, the dogma and the practice and the rituals and the things that you go through, and it's just you and I standing there in a raw form, it's then and only then that I can move in a way that you don't expect me to move. Jesus goes on to heal him and he says after he heals him in the last verse it says Jesus sent him home saying don't go back to the village and I'm convinced that you and I church sit as a light on a hill and if we really are going to to have an impact on this culture that is running as far away from God as it can get, as if it's running as far out into the wilderness as it can get, the only resource that we have to offer them is Jesus. But for you and I to reflect that image, we have to start by standing naked, naked before him and allow him to work in us so that we truly reflect his image. That no amount of lights and cameras and music and structure and programs are really going to change people. What's going to change people is you and I continuing to be formed into the image of Christ and bearing witness to what he could do if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable before him and before each other. And I'm not advocating that we get up here one at a time and stand up here and share our stuff. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is that you and I find those band of brothers and sisters that we can be honest before them and that we can be transparent and vulnerable and allow Christ to speak into the truth of that. If we close, I want to invite the band to come up. and I want to kind of share with you this thought. I mean, I, I do this exercise all the time in leadership programs. I'll ask people to tell me a couple of things about themselves, and people always tell me what they do. They always tell me, you know, how many kids they have. They always tell me who their favorite sports team. There's a handful of things that people say over and over and over. And if we're honest with ourselves, most of our interactions with people are really us presenting to them the information that we want them to have, right? Like this, this, this image of who we, we are trying to be, right? And so we, we kind of hide ourselves from them. You know, I, I share with you that I'm a pastor or I'm a, a director or I'm a father or I'm a husband instead of going, my broken little boy in desperate need of a savior that I have bruises and wounds and scars that need to be healed that I have days where I'm amazing 
and I'm successful and I have days where I'm full of anger and bitterness and jealousy and contempt. work so desperately to clothe myself with the things that this world offers and I try to clothe myself with, with work and success and, and, and hide all of this, this junk instead of reminding myself that the word says that that I have been clothed in righteousness that I have been sealed in Christ I have been washed by the blood of the Lamb and made pure. That He has poured out His grace and mercy upon me. And that I can stand naked and vulnerable. And this sounds like a really, really weird challenge, but my prayer for you and I is that we become a spiritual nudist colony. That, that we become this place where that's full of individuals that, that are willing to be vulnerable with one another and willing to be transparent with one another. And when people come into our midst, they find this safe and secure place to go, hey, I'm broken, I'm hurt, I'm damaged in this area. I don't, I don't like being married. I don't, I don't like this or I don't like that or I'm hurting in this area and I need God to restore me and, and I need to be vulnerable. You and I need to be that reminder that the veil has been torn, that, that we are free to come before God in our brokenness, in our mess, in our junk. Because He has already made us holy. I don't have to be holy before I stand before Him. That Christ has finished that work, that I already stand righteous and holy in my brokenness, in my nakedness before Him. That is the community that I want us to be and that is my prayer for us today but it starts with you finding a handful of people that you're willing to go the distance with you're willing to build the relationship and do the work it takes to go deep enough to be able to stand before one another naked and unafraid Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you would like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.